Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of A Line by Line. This is a podcast where we read and discuss original poems about life topics and various wonderment. These poems are written, narrated, and conversed by your hosts, Jasmine and Joshua. Welcome, Joshua. Glad to have you back in another episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I cannot believe it's our 10th episode, Jasmine. Yes, double digits. Go us. We did it. <laughs> I know. It's been, I don't know, like five months now? Yeah. Five months, right? Most of the, yeah, most of the year we've been doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. in this episode, we'll be talking about moms. Mommies. Moms. Mamas. Yay. Yeah. In honor of uh, Mother's Day, we'll be talking, we'll be sharing mm-hmm. some poems about our moms and writing poems about how wonderful they are or have been in our lives. Yeah. You want to get started, Josh? You want to read your poem about your mom first? Yeah, I'll read mine first. All right, so this one is titled All the Imperfect Lovely Things My Mama Is. All the Imperfect Lovely Things My Mama Is. The blue kettle starts to whistle as she zips through our small kitchen like a love missile. Sweat dripping from her forehead, one hand on the walk, another with a spatula. With every mosquito bite in this horrendous humid air and countless miscut finger scare, with every bed rise and neglected sacrifice, and with each accidental splatter of hot oil, skin assault, or accidental spill of salt, that's when I understand who my mama is. I would run as soon as that school bell rings, knowing that you out of all distracting things are waiting for me with your smile and invisible wings. So ready to embrace me with whatever shit I went through or however blue or black my heart subdue, mama never leaves. Her four foot 11 stature never fails to be the show catcher, even in the most crowded circus. Perhaps it's her humongous laughter revealing the gum of her teeth that is her superpower, though she would always be ashamed of it after. Or perhaps it's the fact that she couldn't hold her pee when she uncontrollably couldn't stop laughing is the most endearing quality of her being. Or maybe when she is blushing so red, highlighting her two ping-pong cheeks like a boiled crab, that's my mama. She would force me to learn the piano, no matter how many times I screamed, no more piano. She would always be ready to welcome Papa in front of the door with perfectly timed, warm dinner on the table for four. She would break down and question life, pacing through strife, yet every time she would thrive. She would put fat, meaty chicken thighs on my plate and grab the thin, bony, definitely questionable neck piece on hers she ate. She would swallow the so-called bitter pills every time her voice is killed. And she would stand in the kitchen the entire day to make me stay for some days, yet I still find ways to betray. We don't say I love you enough, just like any other Asian sons and daughters out there. 
yet through virtual hugs from 8,658 miles away, technical issues infested video calls and passive aggressive texts. I feel her love like a velvet glove protecting me from the evils of the world. I use her fragile yet unbreakable sensitivity as a sturdy shield every day I go to the battlefield. And I embrace her sacrifice to pick myself back up every time I break due to an imperfect splice. My mama is a warrior, and I would have vanished a long time ago if it's not because of her, because of all the imperfect, lovely things my mama is. Thank you for sharing that, Josh. That was awesome. Thank you. I just want to start I'm by- I'm glad I could share this piece with everyone. Yeah, I just want to start by thanking your mom for making you whoever you are, because I've really enjoyed being your friend. Yeah, thank yeah. you, mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the poem starts really strong with the description of your mom in the kitchen, you know, one hand on the walk as you wrote. Uh -huh. uh, do you have a favorite meal that your mom would cook for you growing up? Oh, that is a hard question. Uh, I like, so there is this like Indonesian style of mac and cheese. Hmm. Um, it's not as, as cheesy as like a mac and cheese in America. It's oh. more like, almost like um, it has a consistency. It becomes like a pie almost. Um, and you put it in the oven and the cheese is just like at the top. And... I think it's also derived from Dutch. It's like Dutch inspired because, you know, like Indonesia is colonized by the Dutch for yeah. a really long time in the past. So a lot of our food and our home cooked food, it has a lot of Dutch inspired and also a little bit of like Asian, Southeast Asian inspired. And she would, whenever she made this, when I was a kid, I would just go crazy. I loved it so much. <laughs> Even till now, you know, whenever she comes over, she would always make this macaroni. Uh, we call it macaroni scottle. And so uh, I, yeah, I still love that. That's my favorite meal that my mother, my mom would cook. I really like that. The way you describe it makes it sound like the same way that I had mac and cheese growing up, which mm. is not this like liquidy thing yeah it's not right or like in the microwave but this thing uh -huh. you like bake in a tin with, with layers of the right cheese with fresh noodles like yeah uh yeah that's very cool it's very cool and we'll then in to... this case we put eggs in it as well so it becomes mm, like yeah yeah that consistency is more firm oh that reminds me of a quiche mm, delicious. yeah it's kind of like quiche actually that that is a good way to describe it, actually. Yes. Mm, I can't wait to have it. I hope she visits soon so I could try this macaroni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so great. So great. And and you yourself, you've become quite a <laughs> quite a foodie growing up. So I can see her influence just running through your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Further in the poem, you say you describe this experience, you know, in the kitchen, both the good times and the bad, right? Making the food, but also kind of how it just impacts your body with the heat and the being on your feet and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and you wrote, that's when I understand who my mama is. Yeah. Can, you, can you explain that a bit more? Who, who is she? Yeah. So 
if if we read the previous lines in that one paragraph, um, it's a lot about you know um, with every bad rice and neglected sacrifice, and like with each splatter of hot oil skin or accidental spill of salt. I think that's a way for me to describe how she always sacrifices herself um, mm. for her family before she would focus on herself. Yeah. Before she does things for her own being. And so I think that's why I put that line over there. That's when I understand who my mama is. It's just through these small things um, that are oftentimes overlooked. And I think um, later on in the paragraph, I also put like, she would always put meaty chicken thighs on my plate and then grab the neck piece that's very thin and bony for, mm -hmm. for hers. That's yeah. also another instance where it's like, she always tries to give us the best, but not really focusing on her own um, being, on her own uh, satisfaction. That is, that is incredibly selfless of her to do that. Yeah. But right. I know so many mothers out there put their families first, put their children first. And it's extremely admirable to see her, to see her elevate you all into mm -hmm. her family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure yeah. she gets some joy, right? Some joy out of seeing you happy or your sister or your, your dad. Yeah. All the sounds you would make as you would eat all her delicious meals. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's the reason why also I also love cooking is when I could share it with people and I could bring joy out of that people. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. And I appreciate you helping me try new and different foods from across San Francisco. It's, it's really fun, but not durian though. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you talk a little bit about your time at school and, and rushing home because your mom is one of the people in your life that you you really connect through and you know you said that she's just there to embrace you regardless of what you're going through I, i'd love to hear if you have a favorite memory um mm. related to the way that your mom supported you through any kind of life. i think i couldn't really recall a specific instance but i remember kind of vaguely um, and sporadically throughout my childhood and going to school, I'm, I wasn't a confident kid. Like, I wouldn't say that I was bullied as much. I don't think so. Um, but mm -hmm. it was more like I always felt insecure about myself, whether that's like my appearance or whether that's how I made friends. Um, or my maybe just like my performance in school or I would be really scared to talk in front of a lot of people I would be I always feel scared on like disappointing my teachers so I, I've always been kind of like antsy and just insecure about myself I don't know what caused it I think multiple reasons um but I think, so whenever I got done with school, I always had this like relief of pressure, right? Like I'm done with school and I could just like go home. I could 
meet my mom. And this is a longer, a longer story, actually, because I think when I was when I was little, uh, our house was really far away from my school. And so every day after school, I would go to my grandma's house, which is close to my school. And then later that night, around like maybe 6 or 7 p.m., my dad and my mom would pick me up from my grandma's house after they're done working. And then we would drive together to our home. But from time to time, my mom would make a surprise and either maybe she could get off work earlier. Um, she used to have, she used to have a, her own clothing store in like a, a shopping mall. And so sometimes she, she would be the one who picked me up straight from school and then we would go to the mall or like we would have lunch together outside or we would just go mm -hmm. home. And so whenever that happened, that was just like, I was, I always felt really happy. And she always brought me like, <laughs> so she used to bring me this, uh, Sprite, you know, the, the, um, soft drink Sprite. Yeah. The soda. Mm -hmm. yeah, the soda. And she always lied to me saying that, oh, I have some water for you. And then I love Sprite when I was a kid. I didn't drink a lot of soft drinks so that whenever I got a chance to have one, it feels special to me. Yeah. And then she would give it to me and I would be like, this is not water. This is Sprite. And so I would be happy because of that. So th Aww. just these little things, um, mm -hmm. it meant a lot to me. That's so beautiful. I love I love hearing that. And I might try and trick you with some Sprite water bottle one day. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the last thing that kind of stuck out to me was this last line where you say, and she would stand in the kitchen the entire day and make me stay for some days, yet I still find ways to betray. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I think, you know, as we grow up, and we're no longer a kid, we start to have our own life, we start to have uh, relationships with other people, with our friends, we start to live alone. It's very challenging, at least for me, to balance how much time or investment or, or closeness do I want to be with my family, with my parents. Because I don't want to disappoint them, right? Like I, I want us to still be close as a family, but then at the same time, I'm conflicted a little bit with like, I need to focus on my own life. I need to build my own life. And I need to have that, that sort of like just a little bit of more separation, right? It's different than when you were a kid and you're like really dependent on your parents. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I feel, feel like by doing that it feels like I'm betraying their love to me I know it's not because I'm 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 approaching all of this from like a very conscious and careful and really thoughtful point of view right I'm not just like trying to like forget them and then not talk to them at all mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like I still care about them so much but then sometimes I would feel like I'm disappointing them because they want to be closer to me. But then at the same time, I have to like say no in a, in a, in a gentle way, you know, because I have 
I, I need to focus on my own life as well. Right. So I always have that conflict, especially with my parents being in Indonesia and I am here in the U.S. It's really hard to um, balance all of that. Yeah. Uh, as an adult son. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's why I I wrote there. Yet I still find ways to betray. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, that seems really difficult. That seems really difficult. The balance between the independent person they raised you to be, plus their own right. concern and desire to have involvement in your life, that is a tough tension. That you know, I don't think there's super clear guidance on navigating, but mm-hmm. but yeah, well, I don't think you're yeah. disappointing them at all. I'll just say that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, in your in your close to the end of the poem, you say that you know we don't say I love you enough. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to say anything to your mom right now that you might you know want to express i love you mom happy mother's day there you go (laughs) um but yeah you know like in the asian culture we were raised to i mean it's not like we were raised to not love each other but Mm -hmm. it's just not a customary to say i love you to your family members like you you can say i love you to your romantic partners but it's kind of like more heart love you know and like unspoken kind of act of love a lot Mm -hmm. of times and like if you just say it that doesn't really mean anything prove it you know it's more like that but then i think that's a big chunk that i i wish the asian culture would do better you know, mm. just saying I love you to your family more without being awkward or weird about it. Because, you know, like here, for example, you're just like you're, you're calling with your parents. And then at the end of it, you say, I love you. Bye. That's not really a customary, you know, back in Asia. Yeah. Even my family is considered really, really good already when it comes to this. A lot of other Asian families don't really express their love to one another. And yeah, I, I think it's really important to be able to say, I love you often enough to your family members. Yeah. Now it's better for me and my family, but since I go to the, since I, I've been to the US and, you know, like a lot of Western culture being penetrated into our daily lives. I think that's that saying I love you is not as weird or awkward anymore. But yeah, it still is not as um as important or not important as um usual compared to the Western culture. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that it's not too late to change the norms of love in your family. No matter what it is, if you want to vocalize your feelings, you can do that and you can Mm -hmm. change. You can depart from the way that you were raised if you really feel like it's, you know, benefiting and enriching the closeness of your family. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's my part. Now I want to hear your poem. And we'll do the conversation again after you read it. So I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. This poem is called From Then Until Now. From 
From the nine months that made me to my 10,000th day, you have filled me with wisdom each step of the way. From my first steps and first dates to my journey to see, you have prayed and had patience for who I would be. From my worst palpitations to my best celebrations, you have held me, compelled me without hesitation. From the days where you lost me to the day I came home, you assured me, implored me, I'm never alone. From the day that he saved me to the day it was clear, you have strengthened my faith without pressure or fear. From my last vaccination to a summer with you, I will cherish forever the time spent with you. From the moment I met you to the day when you leave, you remain as my hero for all you've achieved. From then until now, you have loved like no other. I am grateful, so thankful that you are my mother. Oh, that's so lovely. Thanks for sharing, Jasmine. Yeah. So uh, where is your mom now? My mom is in Long Beach, California. Oh, okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you're not too far from her, right? Nope, not too far. <laughs> I moved to San Francisco a couple of years ago to be closer to my family. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so my first question, um, there's one line that you said from my first steps and first dates to my journey to C, but the C is S E A with like all caps lock, which means it's an abbreviation I'm mm -hmm. guessing for Seattle. That's right. Correct. Cause you that's, once lived in Seattle. Yep, that's airline um, code. <laughs> yeah. How has your mom supported you when you're, when you moved to Seattle, was it a particularly difficult time or like a bigger milestone in your life? And that's why you put it here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love it for the wordplay, right. Journey to see, but also, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, my mom, uh, I grew up, I primarily lived with my, my mom, uh, when my parents separated, and she was just there for, you know, every first of my life. And my first job out of college took me to the other side of the country. At the time, my mom was living in New Jersey. And so I was moving far, probably farther away. No, definitely farther away than any child she's ever had uh, has been. And that's where I was going to make my essentially permanent home, permanent roots. Whereas my sisters were still mm. on the East Coast or, you know, within a drive. So she's just been really supportive and encouraging me to pursue things no matter how far away from our mm. family or norms that it would take me um, to be my own person mm. to do something that really has never been done in in our family to work at some mm. big tech company to have them pay to move you because mm. they want you to be to be close to headquarters so yeah my mom has just been really influential in mm. in being the first or doing yeah. the first things in my life yeah, that really reminds me as well when I moved to Iowa for college from Indonesia. That's also like the very first time ever in my family that someone does that, right? And yeah. we we sometimes say that that is hard for us to move away. Like that is a, a big milestone for us. But a lot of times I think we forget that from their point of view, it's also really hard for them to let go of us. And so, yeah, again, you know, the sacrifice that they, that they had to make. Yeah. 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 To not limit my dreams, to not say, mm -hmm. oh, can you, can't mm -hmm. you just find a job down right. the street or, you know, right. Right. Just like did not, did not 
did not hold back, you know, just mm-hmm. in the same way that, of course, they know if with, you know, in reference to the first steps, they know if you can walk, the first thing you'll do is walk away from them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First dates, if I, if I start dating someone, I might, you know, fall in love and find a partner who takes me, mm-hmm. takes me away. Again, these things that are huge steps in my life to, similar to what you were saying earlier, huge steps in my life that bring me closer to who I'm supposed to be, but mm-hmm. brings me farther away from their kind of nurturing nurturing arms, but mm-hmm. still encouraging that because that is how life works. You mm-hmm. can't hold them too tight forever. Mm. Yeah. And the next line you said, from my worst palpitations to my best celebrations. Can you explain to me and the listeners, what does palpitation mean and how did she support you through it? Yeah, that is, uh, that's a great question. So um, palpitations is like um, a strong or rapid or a regular heartbeat. Mm. And it can happen for like many reasons. But for me, it happens because I have um, a heart condition Mm. called the atrial flutter. And um, it actually is the reason why I was born two months premature, Mm. uh, because they they need to get me out so they can better treat the condition. So for Mm. me, it's like a very rapidly beating heart that sometimes causes me to lose consciousness. It just, it puts you at risk for so many things like, like strokes. So like I've had just a lot of focus on my heart health throughout my, throughout my life. Mm. And I was diagnosed when I was still inside my mom, like when I was still unborn Mm. and, um, you know, I wore like heart monitors in school and and took medications Mm. up until I started school. You know, I've only had as an, like a teen or adult, I've only had a few, a few incidences in my life, but my mom has been there mm. all the way, knowing my medical history backwards and forwards, mm. spending nights with me at the hospital, coaching me, supporting me, all of this. So that's what I mean by my worst palpitations. Mm. There were definitely times where I'm I sure see. she was like, this is the big one. This is the one where she's not going to wake up or, or, or pull through it. Uh. Um, and so this is basically my lowest low, the closest I've, we just talked about nearing death Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. last episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that there are times where where she knows that I'm a strong person and can be very independent, but also knows mm-hmm. that this this specific medical thing is something that I, I feel like she's the only one who really understands because when you're mm. when you get sick as a child, your mom does all the research on everything mm-hmm. that could be wrong, mm-hmm. everything that could help. She knows every doctor, every specialist that you've ever seen. She's like, you know, has my cardiologist on speed dial. Mm, all of that. Yeah. yeah. It's really been I see. helping me survive this. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, you said from the days where you lost me to the day I came home. Are you referring literally like you got lost walking around, or do you mean kind of metaphorically, like you're you're lost in your life and until you find yourself again, something like that? It's honestly a bit of both. There's a story mm. in my family of me being lost in the mall and, you know, having mm. the time of my life sitting at the security security desk while my mom was like freaking out trying to find me. And I'm just like living my best life, eating candy or whatever. <laughs> but um, my mom and I actually had a falling out a couple of years back where uh-huh. we, didn't really, we didn't really talk much. It's hard because we're so close in age. We're mm. 17 years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had to re-figure out what our dynamic was. Are we sisters? Are we friends? Is she my parent? Am I an adult? Um, 
Yeah. And I think at its core, what was the most important to us was that we established some type of relationship that was Mm -hmm. mutually respectful for the both of us, that was mutually enriching for the both of us. And Mm -hmm. having that be at the core of our conversations like really led to us having the deep, rich, intimate relationship that we that we have now. But there was definitely a rough patch where mm. I think both of us had like unprocessed emotions of how we've we've hurt each other through our emotions and emotions, our behavior towards each other. So mm. I, I love things the way that they are now. And I regret any of the time we spent being angry or upset at each other. But yeah. she has no bitterness, right? The past is the past and what really matters is the future that we get to create together. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, the next one, you said you have strengthened my faith without pressure or fear. Talk me a bit about this. Like, what does it mean for her to help strengthen your faith without pressure or fear? That's uh, an, an interesting saying. Yeah. Like, I think when some people think of you know, religion or how they grew up, you know, oh, my parents forced me to go to church. Mm-hmm. We would always have to do this thing. Right. Uh, for me, my mom just lived her faith with like such a joy. Like mm. half the songs I knew growing up as a kid were gospel songs where we would sing and dance and our car rides to church were just so exciting and fun. Mm. And we had these uh, habits where we would get food and, and my family calls mm. them we take ACNs, which are after church naps, oh. <laughs> like, cause the church we went to is a little far away. So yeah. early and, um, you know, have a quick, like a light breakfast mm. and drive, 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 and then go to church and, and then drive, 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 and then eat and then sleep. And it was just like, that was Sunday mornings. And it was such a, a great, you know, way growing up that I was embedded in, mm. you know, into Christianity. And then just even growing up, it was yeah. easy. It was easy to make it my own. My mom was never, I don't know, forceful or, or yeah. it, I guess, honestly, it really never came into conflict with my personal, mm. personal values, but she always, you know, in birthday cards or in, in giving me advice for anything would reference the Bible, would, would uh, just show yeah. and demonstrate how important and how much of a support system that this faith is in you and how Mm. during a lot of the hardest times we would get prayer from the community or whatever it happened to be. Um, And so for me, it was just natural, just Mm. natural that one day I would make my own own decisions. I would do my own thing, but it wasn't because she told me to, or, you know, if I decided I didn't want to be a Christian anymore, my mom wouldn't love me. Like it wasn't that it was like, I'd grown Uh, up in it and just had so many positive interactions, which I know is not it's not everybody's story. Yeah. There's never Good. been right negativity related to, to my faith, at least for me with my uh, mom. I see. Yeah. My story is a bit different because I was definitely forced to go to church growing mm-hmm. up. And Sundays I was just like always lazy to wake up and <laughs> go to church. And we had to go through traffic to get to church like I've I always dread going to church on Sundays when I was mm-hmm. growing up um so yeah when I yeah. moved to the U.S. I kind of I kind of fell apart a little bit but then I started to realize that it's a, a really important aspect of my life mm-hmm. of Christianity and my religious belief so I start um doing it for my for my own by my own without right. being told 
Exactly. So like even moving to Seattle, when I was thinking about like, okay, how am I going to spend my time? Right. I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, I got to I got to find a church to go to. I got to find a place to dance. I got to find mm-hmm. a creative spot. I've got to find somewhere to run or ride my bike or get fit, like get creative, like rebuilding my life from scratch. And when I think about my childhood, I think about, okay, my mom took me to church and mm-hmm. my mom signed me up for those ballet lessons. And, you know, my mom is the one who bought me those rollerblades. And you know what I mean? Like she just laid the foundation yeah. of, of my life and like nourished my my interest so much. And so faith was one of those things where I specifically call it out here because it's been a joy to grow in my faith, to ask her hard questions, to, to pray with her and to pray for her. Um, and not feel like that was something that Mm -hmm. I just do because I was raised to do it that, but that it's something we can enjoy as adults together. Yeah. Okay. So one last question. Um, there's a line saying something about summer. So I wonder if there's a particular summer in your life that stuck out in your memory uh, in regards of you spending time with your mom. Yeah, this is actually in reference to an upcoming summer (laughs) (laughs) post-vaccination that I'm hoping Uh that we'll get a summer together because just 2020 did not go the way that it should have Uh or I would have wanted it to if I can say that. Um, Mm -hmm. if I had my way, but, um, yeah, I actually did get to see her last summer to answer your Mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. It was a complete and utter surprise. Mm -hmm. I was actually at a friend's place playing a video game about this girl whose mom was struggling with a medical issue. And so the, Mm -hmm. but she didn't even know that her mom was struggling with a medical issue. Mm -hmm. Her her mom was just like, go live at this like woods in the woods with your aunt or something for a couple of months. I got, I got to take care of some stuff. And, you know, she's just so mad. She's like, why would you send me away? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm just thinking of like, yeah, being away from my mom and she didn't send me away. I chose to be away. And, you know, I just miss her so much. And now I can't spend time with her because it's like, we're not supposed to be traveling and all that stuff. Mm. And uh, it was just a surprise visit. She came to make sure that I didn't have to spend my first pandemic birthday by myself. Oh, uh, it was yeah. just, I cried so much because I was just playing yeah. that game. I was just playing that game yeah. about this, like, living the same tension. I was like, ah, and then she showed up. So I'm hoping yeah. that post-vaccination we can, we can just reunite and spend and just spend more, spend more time together. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is so lovely. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, any last word for your mom? I'll just say the same thing. I love you, mom. Happy mother's day. This episode is for you. Yeah. Same here. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. This episode is for you. All right, guys. That wraps our 10th episode of Align by Align, where we perform original poetry and converse about various life topics. We hope this episode was meaningful to you and provide some fresh perspectives about loving your mom. Happy Mother's Day. We release a new episode every two weeks, so please be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whichever streaming platform you are listening from and follow our social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Align by Align, as well as our website, alignbyline.com. 
If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We would be more than happy to hear from you, our listeners. We're just beginning our podcast journey, and we have so much more exciting future plans, creative content, and thought-provoking conversations for all of you that we cannot wait to share. But for now, Jasmine and Joshua signing off. See you in the next episode.